You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily podcast on the Arizona Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Cardinals, Locked On Seahawks crossover Wednesday edition of the Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Seahawks podcast. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock here. We have Spike Freeman and Grant Goldberg on two separate phones. Well, they, obviously they'd be separate phones in separate locations in L.A. So we're doing this like a like a panel where nobody can see each other. So Spike Grant, thanks for thanks for um, making some time and, and doing this with us, guys. Yeah, of course. It's incredible, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. We've got these guys yeah, on the phone, I mean, and the Arizona Cardinals offense remains in 1997. Look at you, Bo. <laughs> look at you bringing it relevant. So <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks have something that the Cardinals don't. Uh, it, it's not a Pro Bowl quarterback. That's not what I'm talking about. It's not a uh, you know you know a running back crew that can actually move the ball down the field. It's a win. So, guys, it looked like you guys were going to win three games this year through the first two weeks. What's it like to finally get a W? Great. You want to take this? Yeah. So, uh, we were kind of pessimistic to start the season. Uh, I guess rightfully so. They started off 0-2. But uh, that sweet, sweet taste of victory came back into our lives. The Cowboys just, they looked uninspiring uh, in the passing game and, their defense didn't play as well as they did in the first two weeks. And so uh, it was nice to get a win. It was nice to, to watch some, uh, some throwback Seahawks football from, from what we saw in the first two weeks. Spike? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, we still have a Brian Schottenheimer offense that is certainly a throwback to an era when offenses were utterly ineffective. But we've got so much talent uh, as long as we have Earl Thomas. And that upper-level talent can just push us over the top. So it feels good to see guys like Bobby Wagner, Earl Thomas, and Russ ball out and not get hampered by mistakes from a sort of thinner roster than we're used to in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I see Russell Wilson not by playing capabilities or anything like that. I see him as kind of like an Allen Iverson, a guy that regardless of if everything is breaking down, defense, offensive line, the run game isn't doing it, Doug Baldwin's out he still finds a way to stay in games. Like, they had no business being in that Chicago game. And they almost backdoor covered in the whole thing where they kept the game close and tried to do a, a Green Bay Packers Part 2 in the playoffs from a couple years ago. But Russell Wilson has this capability, and I'm jealous, of keeping teams in games even though they're playing at a D-minus level. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the history of the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, it was his first loss by more than, I believe, 10 or 11 points came last year against the Rams. That was the first loss by more than 11 points. To put that in perspective, the Vikings lost by, like, what, 21 points to a Buffalo Bills team that's barely an NFL team last year, and the Vikings are still a Super Bowl contender. So when you talk about Russell Wilson, he keeps you in games, and the combination of his playmaking and a Pete Carroll-led defense that's going to grind other teams down has made the Seahawks just a, a competitive team every week, and it's made being a Seahawks fan uh, equally thrilling and exhausting experience over the last five years because you're never out of a game. You can never switch off the TV because Russ can always bring you back. Spike and Grant join us here from Locked On uh, Seahawks. They join us on Locked On AZ Cardinals and Looking at last game, it certainly seems like the run game helped protect Russell Wilson in a sense. 
that going forward, is, is that exciting for you guys? Is that something that they can maintain? Can Chris Carson, I know he wasn't ripping off and gashing the Cowboys defense, but he goes over 100, just over three yards per carry. Is that something that is just imperative for this offense to do, especially with how shaky that offensive line is? Uh, yeah, they, they definitely have a commitment to running the ball. It's just a little misguided sometimes, especially under Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, it's, they're going to grind those yards out, whether there's a, there's a hole to run through or not. But uh, if you look at the game, Carson a lot of the times made something out of nothing and uh, had some yards after, after first contact and, and broke some tackles. And so Carson's making these things happen. Uh, there's some, a, a few good plays from the offensive line. It was by far the best game of the year for the offensive line as a, a collective unit. But uh, as, as long as Schottenheimer is calling the plays, the design is not going to be you know, very ideal. There's not going to be a whole lot of you know, creative uh, schemes when it comes to the run game. But they're definitely going to try to grind it out. And I think especially after uh, the performance on Sunday against the Cowboys, they're going to try to keep that going. Have you guys seen an uptick in performance now that Jimmy Graham is gone blocking on the offensive line from the tight end position? I think that's a great question, and, and the answer is yes. Will Disley, the team's fourth-round pick this year, he's shown up in the passing game to a surprising degree. He's had some big explosives, had a touchdown week one and week two. Looks like a really valuable asset, but he's most valuable as a blocker, sort of filling the role that Zach Miller used to fill on our team. I'll also say that getting rid of Tom Cable and Mike Solari's influence on the offensive line has led to a much stronger performance from that unit overall. Jermaine Effetti isn't getting whipped and committing penalties quite so often. Uh, and the play of J.R. Sweezy and D.J. Fluker and when healthy Ethan Posick means we're getting good guard play to complement Wayne Brown, who is the only true Pro Bowl caliber player on what is still a probably a little below average unit, but is no longer a league's worst unit. Let's talk about those wide receivers real quick before we switch over to the defense. Uh, Doug Baldwin has been out for the entire season so far, the first three games. Who stepped up? I mean, it uh, looks like uh, Lockett had a pretty decent game last week. We've seen Brandon Marshall flash a little bit. You talked about the tight ends. But uh, who should the Cardinals be concerned about as far as this wide receiver core? Yeah, uh, you mentioned Tyler Lockett, and the, the team just extended him this offseason. And it's looking like it's paying off in the early part of the season. He's had three touchdowns in as many games. He seems to you know, get open downfield like he did in his rookie year. And a lot of that is due to him being fully healthy. He was dealing with a leg injury all of last year, but he's 100% in the team. You know, felt like they needed to give him the extension because he was the player he was during his rookie year. And we've seen him perform to that standard. Now I'd say that Brandon Marshall is Russell Wilson's go-to guy out of the receiver group. Uh, he's a guy that he trusts and uh, gives some of these 50-50 balls to, uh, unfortunately for us and for Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense, it kind of burned them against the Cowboys because Brandon Marshall wasn't able to catch these, these passes thrown to him. Now, uh, and, and I'd throw in Will Disley, too. Uh, R Russell Wilson likes r working the ball to these tight ends. Will Disley is his favorite uh, target out of that group. Uh, we saw Nick Bennett get some, get some touches uh last Sunday against the Cowboys. So I'd say it's a little even, but those are the four guys, uh, Lockett, Marshall, Disley, and Bennett, that he's going to try to get the ball to. Spike Freeman, Grant Goldberg joining us here on the Locked On Cardinals Network. They're from the Locked On 
a Seahawks squad. It's time to talk about my bookie. Uh, my bookie's been around for ever, I think, in in in, in the Locked On Podcast Network life, and you know it's only getting bigger. They're actually uh, they're actually advertising on the station on Fox Sports Nine Ten that Bo and I are on, and. If you want a great place that pays you out quick, you go to mybookie.ag. When when everything seems to be on a level playing field with regards to betting websites, the payouts are the biggest thing, right? Well, I mean, it, it's like if you have to wait two months to get paid, see ya. There's really no reason to. And, and with the Seattle Seahawks coming into town, the Cardinals are getting three points. I feel like the Cardinals should get three touchdowns every game they play until things change. I mean, it's so, a home game. So in so essence, they're saying this, it's know. six points because right. right, you get three points for a home game. You, you're usually giving three points as the home team. So Bo, three points right now. I know it's early. It's Wednesday, so Steve Wilkes could name himself as starting quarterback. We, we don't really know. What do you do with this game on mybookie.ag? Tell me. That's a tough task for Josh Rosen. His first start to go up against the Seattle defense. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Seahawks. At minus three. Yeah, and that's fair. I do the over under is thirty nine. I feel like Russell Wilson could put up thirty on his own. So I like that number. I Give like that. I like that over. I nope, I like that over. I like that over. I, I feel like a blowout's coming. And also check out the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. It is this time of year, week four. It's almost a quarter of the way through the season, Bo. Right. It goes so quick the first quarter, and uh, you need help. There are teams that are one and two, teams that are zero oh and three. It's still not too late. To make the playoffs, check out the Locked On Fantasy Podcast Network for all of your fantasy football information. And one more thing about that. My bookie, I saw yesterday after Cosby was sent away to prison, they, they put out odds on Cosby. Stop it. Stop they did. It. They have, you can bet anything on my bookie. As long as he doesn't get a piece, I don't care. It's, it's as, as dark as it is, it was, will Bill Cosby survive prison? Will he survive yeah. prison? Like over under how many years until he croaks? I mean, he's he's three to ten, so it's they're saying that he is an odds-on favorite not to survive fa- prison. Well, hopefully they have Jello pudding in there for him. Let's just hope for that much. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock here, locked on Cardinals crossover Wednesday with the locked on Seahawks. Spike Freeman, Grant Goldberg joining us here via myriad cell phones. Seemingly, guys. Thanks again for joining us and taking time before you have to go to work and do important things to uh, talk some football with us. Absolutely, it's my pleasure to talk Seahawks and Cardinals, uh, especially because we get to see the boy. I'm going to UCLA right now, and so we get to see my boy Josh Rosen, a Jewish kid out of UCLA, making good for you guys on uh, while you guys have the ball this week. So, did you go to UCLA, Spike? Uh, I'm going there for grad school. Oh, right? you are? Okay. All right. So, fair enough. So, are you got around Seattle, what's the thought process on not only Josh Rosen, but the Cardinals as a franchise when you're traveling to Glendale to play on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think honest, I can take... I'd, ra- oh, I'd rather oh. play the Cardinals in Glendale than the Cardinals come up to Seattle. They've been a thorn in the Seahawks' side when they travel up the Pacific Northwest. So, you know, whenever they, they travel down to Arizona, it's usually a pretty good game for the Seahawks. We had that really ugly, ugly tie, but uh, usually they play pretty well. So I'm excited for them to travel back down to the desert. Yeah, bringing back thoughts of that tie, being in that stadium for that 6-6 game, it was 
it, it, it is not good memories, that's for sure. That was the demise of my favorite kicker in fantasy football, Stephen Hauschka. Oh, man. That was the demise, that game. He went to Buffalo, and now he's not even in the league anymore. Yeah, that's what done. I remember. He's done. But uh, we're looking at the Seattle Seahawks 1-2 and two on the season. The Arizona Cardinals 0-3. Oh Cardinals 2-1, and one, though, against the Seahawks in their last three contests. But you have to kind of wipe that clean because this is a completely new coaching staff. It's no longer Bruce Arians. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see if this team can muster enough to – compete with the Seahawks team let's let's talk about the defense though guys and we saw it I mean you, you mentioned it earlier in the pod podcast Earl Thomas was just a man possessed two picks against the Dallas Cowboys is he just that lifeline of that is he the beating heart of that defense yeah absolutely I mean the safety duo of him and Bradley McDougal I'd argue is one of the best in the league but Earl Thomas's freakish ability in center field that hasn't gone anywhere and so what he's done to the league over the past six years. That's still happening. He's still playing at that level. The question is, I mean, we could trade him tomorrow. You know, you're seeing Twitter rumors, and, and they're mostly fallacious at this point, saying he could be gone tomorrow. And to me, as a Seahawks fan, that's devastating because he is the guy that makes the rest of Pete Carroll's scheme so effective. And we've seen it over the years. When he is in the lineup, the Seahawks have one of, if not the best defense in the NFL, and at times a historically great defense. When he is out of the lineup, we are somewhere between okay and bad as a pass defense. And, I mean, that's a, I, some, of, some of the stats are just staggering with him on the field and off the field. We've seen it this year in the limited snaps he missed. Other teams average double the yards per play as when he is on the field. How they could even be considering getting rid of him, I do not know. Yeah, kind of a head scratcher, you know. I mean, we've all seen it kind of play out nationally, just with what he said to uh, Jason Garrett at the end of last season and how last week unfolded. But this defense, when we look at Josh Rosen making his first start, it's something that he's he's not going to be able to get too comfortable in there. I mean, I don't know if there's a lot of NFL teams out there that a rookie quarterback it's ideal for him to step into uh, a, a start to start. But let's, let's talk about the pass rush. Is there enough there to to really make? Josh Rosen, uncomfortable. I know that still the greatest name in the NFL, Barkevious Mingo, is on that pass rush. You saw he had a sack last week, but is it something that Josh Rosen's going to have to take into account, or can he kind of focus on keeping tabs on where maybe uh, those guys in the secondary that we just mentioned are in this defense? Yeah, I think uh, his primary worry is going to be the secondary. The pass rush has been one of the more uninspiring groups for the Seahawks in this early part of the season, uh, with departures of Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett, uh, most notably and most recently uh, Tom Johnson, a.k.a. Sebastian Thunderbucket, uh, who we cut and he went back to the Vikings. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, just inconsistent performances. They had their best week of the year against the Cowboys, against a line that's really not what it used to be. And uh, ma mainly I'd say you got to worry about Frank Clark uh, he's been uh, pretty good to start the season. He's really good at timing his jump and uh, using a speed rush, using a bull rush. But, yeah, the, the pass rush isn't something that uh, the Cardinals are going to have to worry about primarily. Well, Spike Freeman, Grant Goldberg, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it, and uh, we'll keep in touch throughout the season. And um, good luck, I guess, this Sunday. I don't really mean it, but I, yeah, I feel like well, I need I to say it. 
I, I wish you all the Steve Kimes future that, that you guys deserve. <laughs> I'll say that back to you know. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And you know what? We'll be sober during it, so we won't have to worry about the uh, transgressions that he that he went through. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That was awesome. They were they – were, <laughs> those guys are pretty knowledgeable about the Seahawks. Yeah, I mean, they're dialed in. Yeah. So, all right, we'll move to Vivid Seats here. Vivid Seats, it's the easiest way to buy tickets, man. I mean, it's like, hey, let's go to Ticketmaster.com. No. My choice is Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats, download the app. You can buy tickets for concerts, sporting events, what have you. Operas, I'm sure they have. It's offered, they offer great prices, easy, easy purchasing, purchasing experience, and with the promo code locked on, you can get $20 off in order of $200 or more. 20 bucks off. Go to the App Store, Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, enter promo code locked on to receive 20 bucks off in order of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by 100% guarantee. So you don't have to worry about somebody selling you tickets to a game and then printing off the same tickets 100 times and the first to make it to the stadium wins. Not with Vivid Seats, 100% backup guaranteed of their confirmed orders. All right, final segment here, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Just finished up with the Locked on Seahawks dudes, Spike Freeman, Grant Goldberg, great stuff. Looking forward to Josh Rosen. We didn't get a chance. We will talk about this tomorrow. We promise. We've been teasing this. Just breaking down Josh Rosen as a quarterback. If it was the right move to start him this early. We were going to do it yesterday, but then we you know, got sidetracked. We continue to talk about the transgressions of Sunday because, yes, they deemed two podcasts worth of conversation and hazing for the head coaching or the coaching staff of the Cardinals. So tomorrow we will dive more into the Josh Rosen time, the Josh Rosen era beginning early, late, right on time. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. Bo, what else do you have? What else concerns you about the Seahawks besides the obvious? Let's just say Earl Thomas and Russell Wilson. I mean, the rest of that secondary. We've seen Shaquem Griffin make plays. We saw him make plays in primetime. I think that they have a pretty good idea of what the Cardinals want to do. I think the whole league knows what the Cardinals want to try to do offensively. And you know, if the if the Cardinals can get a little bit past themselves and and maybe come out and extend a little bit further than just their first quarter as far as offensive production, and I think the spark of having a rookie quarterback could do that. Um, but it's 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 going to come down to is when you look at last week and what the Seahawks were able to do to a pretty balanced offense. I know that Dak Prescott has has struggled as far as passing the ball. He has what thrown for under, over 200 yards in what six games or something. Yeah, that's like about, that. I mean that's. Um, you know, is Dak Prescott a, probably a better quarterback than Josh Rosen at this point? Yeah. Uh, Zeke Elliott probably running a little bit better than and Zeke had a good game. Maybe maybe that's uh, signs that that David Johnson could get going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we heard the guys talk about that pass rush. If, if that's something that the Cardinals can continue to neutralize like the rest of the league has done and Josh Rosen just has to worry about that secondary, uh, I mean, it, it's still daunting, right? I mean, Earl Thomas is still a playmaker, and it's, it's just going to be – 
it's it's just going to be a tough task for a rookie quarterback to come in there. They're not the, they're they're a shell of the Legion of Boom, but they can still make plays. Bobby Wagner's still on that team. Yeah, he absolutely is, and he's still making plays. And uh, and it, and you still are dealing with you know the offensive line that I think has been uh, we haven't talked about it a lot because and that's a good thing, right? Anytime you're not talking a lot about the offensive line, I think that they're playing you know doing a decent job for mm-hmm. the Cardinals. But uh, that that can change in in an instance. I mean, that can that can change in a drive, and um, we'll see, man. I mean, it's going to be it. It's still there's still a big discrepancy between just looking at the, the hardcore stats, right? The 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 Seahawks are averaging 21 points a game. Sure, they give up about 21 points a game. The Cardinals still are averaging under double digits in points scored per game. My God, they only have six over six points per game and have allowed over 24. Uh, and it's, you know, there used to be, this game used to be, you know, when you look at Duke and North Carolina and college hoops, mm-hmm. or if you look at Ohio State and Michigan and college football, or, you know, the Yankees and Red Sox, you can throw the, the records out the window, right? Right. I don't feel that way anymore, right? <laughs> because the coaching staff, you knew the coaching staff as far as Bruce Arians would not allow this team not to get up for this game. I don't get the feeling from this current coaching staff for this current game for this con at, at all, at all, I don't. I don't feel like they're they're going to get an emotional boost, and they're going to be able to ride that momentum, that adrenaline. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's interesting you say that. Compared to Bruce Arians, this team's locker room is like a library. I would assume. You know, uh, don't don't speak higher than three decibel levels. Inside voices. I mean, we haven't been in the locker room pregame, but it seems like with with. It's not loose. That's for sure. Yeah. If, that, if that's what you're saying, I mean, it, it's it it really does seem like it's. The coaching staff had an idea of what they wanted. They put the stupid uh, hurdle in there with the slogan of the yeah. team, and it's, it's roped off in the middle of the locker room. I don't think anybody even looks at that thing. With It, it doesn't inspire you at all. There's nothing that's inspiring that locker room right now beyond the idea that you're going to get a paycheck. You know what I mean? There's, there's nobody out there that's playing for pride right now. Yeah, and... I, I do this from time to time. I will quote my favorite sports movie, Remember the Titans, okay? There's one thing that I, if I were Pete Carroll and that whole defensive coaching staff, it is blitz all night. That's what you do on Sunday, make Josh Rosen make plays. That's how you beat the Cardinals. That's, well, I mean, there's not, there's definitely more than one reason to beat, more than one way to beat the Cardinals, but that is that should be the foundation on defense. Blitz every play. Make that kid do incredible things out of uncomfortable situations. You know? Alex yeah. Lance, oh, yeah. Do, do you want to have a retort there before we head? No, I mean, I just think that if, if you look at the rookie quarterbacks this season that have had success, it's what they do in the face of that adversity. Right. Or look that at blitz. what Josh Rosen, uh, uh, Josh Allen did right. in, 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 in Minnesota against arguably the best defense in the NFL. You know, crazy. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock here, Locked on Cardinals. Tomorrow, I promise, I promise, we will spend the majority of the podcast talking about Josh Rosen if it was too early to start him because it's still relevant. I mean, who knows what Steve Wilkes is going to do? What if Josh Rosen goes three for 18 for 38 yards and four picks? Sam Bradford could be, start, could be playing the second half. We honestly have no idea what this coaching no staff will do. No way. He's not going to go three They're for 18 either, that- bro. They're not that dense, dude. Bo, 
We don't know well, how well, dense they be, are. It'd be interesting to see if Sam Bradford is even active this week. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Josh Rose and Mike Glennon dressing. Well, that'll save the team money. We'll talk about that a little bit more, too, tomorrow. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Check you tomorrow. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.